Welcome to Here and Now podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Sophia. We bring you the stories, the heart, and the humor needed for this journey called life. Join us each week to hear the conversations of a mom, that's me, and a daughter, that's me, and the stories of where others hear God's voice as he brings truth, beauty, and good in their lives right now. This is Here and Now Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Here and Now Podcast, episode 106. And today, Sophia and I will be talking about the gift of hearing loss. How are you doing today, Sophia? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a day already. Thank God it's almost near the end of the day as we're recording this. Yeah, I know. You have some exciting stuff happening on campus right now, I'm hearing. As you're- yes, so I'm recording this in between a Jordan Peterson coming to campus thing. Um, recording this, and then I'm going to go back and listen to him give a lecture. It looks exciting. People are already lining up. You would think that the Pope was coming. Like, I mean, it's a pretty big deal, but like you would think that the Pope was coming because like everybody is talking about this. It's so cool. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. What's his, what is his talk going to be on? Do you know? Father Dave is going to be giving like a little talk with him too. Um, it's a talk on suffering. So a talk on suffering. Yeah, wow. That's suffering. a pretty appropriate topic given some of the things going on in our world. <laughs> yeah. So it's being grateful in spite of your suffering. So he's going to lecture for an hour and then he's going to have a, a talk with uh, Father Dave Pavanka, who's our president. Wow. So yeah, pretty exciting stuff. You definitely need to get over there to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. So speaking of suffering then <laughs> yeah. and your gift of hearing loss. So tell me a little bit about your hearing loss. When you started losing your hearing, how that came about, and then I'll share why we started to acknowledge, label, identify, whatever the word is. And before we do that, I want to give an awfully big disclaimer. We are not medical experts. <laughs> we are hardly experts in anything yeah. except yeah. whatever happens in our lives, right? Pretty much. We don't judge. We don't um, diagnose. We don't um, offer advice other than what is occurring in our story. Other so, than our own experiences. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do so. know that in your hearing loss walk, you did guide some families in their decision making for their cochlear implant, Mm -hmm. maybe their implant surgeries for their infant children who could not speak for themselves and understand the whole process. So you gave some people a lot of um, guidance in that over the years, which was pretty cool. And and that will come back to you because that's why this all fits into the gift of hearing loss in a sense, right? Yeah. So for a full in-depth, I guess, story I recorded, it was the second ever podcast episode that I recorded on here. So you can go all the way back to episode two for a bigger backstory of hearing loss and my journey, but I guess to give like an elevator pitch right now, I started losing my hearing when I was around eight, wore hearing aids, failed some tests, you know, did the whole thing, did all the tests. And then just about 15, 16, yeah, right before my 16th birthday, I had my first cochlear implant surgery. I was activated four weeks later. Yeah, January 4th. January 4th. Um, to that date. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny how all of the dates in like my journey have had some significance in one way or another. And then I was still wearing a hearing aid on my right ear, started going to therapies. And then after a while, like my left ear was just doing so well that I didn't need it. And then I was like, I'm never having the surgery again. I was very sick. And then I decided that it was worth it. So I got my second implant in May of 2018 when I was a junior in high school. And since then, I haven't really needed to go back to the audiologist other than routine checkups, but I'm thriving with them. I can hear pretty much at normal levels with them on. I've pretty much have lost all residual hearing. Not pretty much. I have lost all residual hearing. Um, so I can't hear a dog bark in front of me or a jet engine over my head. Very, very interesting, but I'm completely deaf. And- so you are, you are naturally deaf at this point. Yes. Yeah. Without the implants on, like when I go to shower, when I go to sleep, I don't wear them. So I 
I can't hear anything without them on. Um, yes, we've seen that occur in this house when like, yeah. <laughs> smoke detectors, house alarms have gone off. Yeah. And sometimes when those things happen, which something like that happened maybe over the summer and when you came home over one of the breaks in the last few months, I think we had a smoke detector that was needing a new battery and it went off and I ran in the room and caught it and then peeked into your room and you did not move. Nope. And as a mom, sometimes that still takes my breath away a little bit, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, um, no, it doesn't even face me. I mean, right. I just can't well, hear it. And I uh, can't hear it. No. And it was funny. My superlative in high school, you know, you've done those like most likely to, I won the category for most likely to sleep through an earthquake. So that was kind of cool. Mostly because actually not an earthquake, but I slept through a hurricane. Sandy. Right. I was going to say, it's kind of hard probably in some way to sleep through an earthquake if the house is shaking, but maybe well, that's, at least yeah. you have slept through some horrific thunderstorms that we've had in this house. It's hilarious when yeah. I wake up and you're like, guys, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even bother me if I woke Sophia up. Sophia takes her implants off and she is out for the night. Oh yeah. I mean, it's very, very nice. Just like after having hearing loss for the better part of my life at this point like it just it can make me very exhausted you know because I'm using my eyes all the time to read lips and to to hear like that's that is how I hear essentially yes I do have the sound but it's also a lot of visual stimulation and at the end of the day I'm just exhausted by yes. like all the hearing that I have to do air quotes around hearing that I'm so excited to just take off my implants and go to bed it's mm. so nice if I ever well my roommate's very nice about it but the two of us are a perfect match because she's a very hard sleeper and like I don't hear anything so it doesn't matter if one of us is up late doing homework it doesn't really matter at all yes so, you can I'm thankful better. for that <laughs> Cannot have a better combination of the two of you as long as someone knocks on the door if there's a problem outside. <laughs> well, that is the only problem. But and I always I always get the question if I've ever overslept for class. And the answer is no, because my alarm shakes my bed. Actually, I don't have a sound. I have a vibrating alarm and it scares me every morning when I wake <laughs> up. <laughs> so I'm just like, ah, I have to get up now. And you just you can hear it. it's so loud. But yes, we, we grew up with that in our house. And I remember yeah. the first few days that we've had that and, it, and your dad and I would wake up and say, what's that noise? And we would feel the vibration through the house. <laughs> and then after I, after I understand the first time, oh, it's my alarm. Then I, I turn it off and then I know that, oh, nine minutes later is going to go buzz again. So I better just get up now. And, right. So you don't oh. have a startling effect again. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> oh, every single morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, I've never overslept for class. So that's pretty good. That alarm no. works. So even if you're not deaf, I recommend it because it's- So maybe that is what we you. need to get for your younger sister who does not seem to understand she needs to get up when her alarm goes off. Yeah. She said this morning, did my alarm go off? Because I think she slept with Olivia in her room. And I heard her alarm go off and I ran in and turned it off. And she said, well, it was in the other room. I said, but when you're in your so own were room, you. You, <laughs> you were in the other room too. I was in the other room too. Yes. So I, maybe that's what we're going to put in her Easter basket this year. A little shaking alarm. Would yeah, that be a Sonic thing? boom, sweetheart alarm. It is so good. Honestly, like if we needed another sponsor, that is who I would say. Like you should get on this. that. I'm a yes. big fan. It's, it's a very ugly little pink alarm clock, but. It works. Yep. It doesn't matter. It works. And, you know, if I'm downstairs, I know Sophia's getting up and well, just sure add enough, a couple snoozes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I think there's a couple times, but I think there was not like maybe after you came home this fall semester and oh, yeah. you got back into your bed for the first time after being away at school, you slept through like three times. I was gosh, you got to get up. <laughs> I sleep so much through my alarm. It's, I, I give myself enough of a buffer that I'm not late for things, but yeah. Especially my commute to work was from my bed to my desk. So that's fine. <laughs> but when I, have to, when I have to go to class, no, not when I'm walking across campus. No, you anyway. just build in your buffer time of, you know, 45 yeah. minutes. How many yeah. times is that? Five times you can hit the alarm? Yeah, it is. It is. Good job. So exactly. anyway, that's our random about alarm clocks for the day. So. so anyway, we are here to talk about your gift of hearing loss. So I always love asking you why... How did we come about, or how, do you remember the moment that we talked about that being a gift of hearing loss? 
and you might you're thinking yeah I'm thinking I don't know that I could pinpoint the exact like day or moment but I do remember the phrase that you said it's gonna be your gift you know Mm -hmm. and I guess eight-year-old me at the time was okay like whatever whatever you say because I wasn't thinking about it like I wasn't I wasn't thinking into the future I, I did as I got older. There was definitely a point in my life where I was just like, it is not a gift. It is anything but a gift. <laughs> it's I all the other words, probably it was like a curse at that point. I was like, what mm-hmm. the heck? Because there was just like thing after thing. I'm not getting help in school. People just don't understand all of the needs that I have, both in a parent or a teacher level and on a student level, socially and everything. And then I would start going down the rabbit hole of what am I going to do when I have kids or how is this going to work? And what about if I have a pool party to go to? Just all of those things there just were became so many like things. burden. Yeah. You and couldn't participate in some things n- in the same natural uh, order, I guess, you know, natural way that others did yeah, because yeah. there was always some way that we had to accommodate. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what the word is, but oh, like the nuances of growing up, you know, and not only was it like language nuances, but like socially and just all of that. And like I was at the end of the day, when I come home from school, I was just so exhausted from having to keep up and not even keep up, but do double time and Mm -hmm. work more because I would miss so much during the day. But I, again, I really don't remember the exact moment that you were like, oh, it's your gift. But as I got older and saw the more graces that came out of it, just from like, like you're saying to beginning mentoring people, that was, that was a huge gift for me to be able to connect with people and mentors for me too. Like we talked about Nina a couple of uh, episodes back, Nina Persh and her journey on Survivor and just meeting and one of her friends from England <laughs> that we met over the internet came to stay with us and uh, she is hearing loss too. So just the communication and the networking and, and networking sounds so businessy, but just the connections that you make. The connections, right. That became the gift for me and knowing that I would never have met these people if I didn't have hearing loss. Right. And so one of the days that we were driving home from our 45-minute hospital rides, yeah, I've actually written a couple different blog posts about your hearing loss journey, probably some Instagram things. I probably was writing more in a non-specific um, professional way, if you will, for a long time, you know, whenever there was some fundraiser that we were doing, or if I was just sharing some milestone, Facebook was always my little platform of sorts, and, and in some ways... I'll get to the gift part in a second, but I'll talk about this from the writing perspective. I was very interested in honing in on writing because I knew you kids were all starting to get into your school. The kids, your younger sisters were getting into school. We were spending a lot of time still managing monthly appointments for your hearing loss at the time. We started out with at eight, getting the first implant. I'm sorry, the first hearing, hearing aid. And actually it wasn't even a first hearing aid. It was a an FM receiver, which was something you wore in your one ear, mm-hmm. your better ear. Yes, yes. it was my right so ear. That yeah. It was in your better ear. And so you had one ear that was operating as if it was just hearing loss, like a, you know, mild yeah. loss. The other one that was acting as if it was like a neuropathy, which is mm-hmm. a whole other auditory neuropathy was, I mean, you figure with this was 12 years ago, 2008, whatever. Yeah, actually, how many years ago? Fourteen years ago. Fourteen years ago. Yeah, I still think we're on this ten-year journey. (laughs) I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking we're in 2020. I'm so confused. Twenty-two years of time. Yeah, Um, pretty much. And you, you failed the test. Ironically, we had just had Isabel in March, so she was only a couple months old, and I was taking her to a doctor visit for things that we thought were going to be kidney-related. And as I'm walking her in to have a big kidney ultrasound appointment nonsense thing going on. I'm coming out and that turned out to be okay, but I'm getting a phone call from my doctor saying, okay, but this kid on this end was the baby carrying her in a car seat at a couple months old. And then I have you who's the older one going, oh no, but she definitely failed the hearing test and they want to send us to this place. And we are now being treated at this, in this situation. So it was Mm -hmm. catastrophic in some ways of just a lot of, a lot of appointments. You kids grew up going to the hospital a lot, a lot of medical appointments. Yeah. Um, yeah. So because it was unilateral hearing loss that showed up first, it became a little bit scary because we didn't know if there was some sort of um, 
tumor that may have been mm -hmm. causing this acute onset. And I literally have had people say, at least it's not brain cancer. <laughs> the irony of that statement Irony now. of that now, right? At least it's not there. And then they would say, at least it's not, at least you're not blind because blindness and hearing loss are completely great, you know, things to be arguing, which is one, one versus the other that's worst. Never say at least to anybody when they're walking through a journey of anything that's harsh and hard. No, because it just it negates what they're trying to tell you. Right. And you're like, well, sure. Like, yeah, being blind is not fun either, but this is what I'm dealing with. So could you sympathize for me or with me, you know, or just, just listen, right? Exactly. <laughs> the irony of listening when you have hearing loss too, though, it's so funny. <laughs> well, how many times did we say that to teachers in the school and, and administrative people, my line would always be my eight, 10, nine, 12, 13 year old child listens better than any of you do. I mean that because yeah. there would just be so many frustrating moments where we just fought for things that, we're just not necessary to fight with exactly. for your dignity, just to be able to participate in the classroom, classroom environment and in social environments too, because we got a lot of grief when it came to social things as well, where, you know, understandably, so some kids were not fully understanding and willing to adapt their world for things with you. And I know that in the special education world as a teacher, that was not that was definitely the cry of the heart of a lot of mothers and families to for mm. these kids. And it is going to continually be that way until we start to, I don't know, Make as you change. used to say, level the playing field, show well, compassion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, I recorded a whole podcast episode about that. Um, I think it was like equality a, a versus equity or something. And just like the difference of laying the public level field. Oh my gosh. Leveling the playing field is not, necessarily about equality but it's about equity one of the things that like I gave a visual of is like three people who are different heights and they can't see over a fence equality is all giving them one box but the person who's shorter still doesn't have a chance to see over whereas equity is giving maybe two boxes to the shortest person and one box to the tallest or like the medium-sized person so that they can all see over so or, leveling the playing field or taking down the fence exactly that's the third <laughs> that option. was the end all just yes. take down the fence so yes. that everybody can participate <laughs> exactly so there's there's different options and mm -hmm. people would always go right for the equality of like well everybody gets the exact same thing and it doesn't matter if you don't have hearing or if you can't see or whatever like they just it didn't matter they wanted to level the playing field according to their rules so. without truly hearing you know exactly. the scenario yeah. So when we were coming home from an appointment and in and, and one point in time, there was um, equipment that was being mishandled and mm -hmm. we spent a lot of money on equipment. Some things that we paid out of pocket for, you know, yeah. hearing aids that would last a certain amount of time. And at the time, yes, some insurance was taking care of it, but the FM things that we had, and then they in improved their quality and became, you know, something better and teachers who would throw it on the counter and, or mm -hmm. on the tables and, you know, we're talking thousands and ten thousands of dollars worth of things. And I think that when we came home from an appointment at a very kind of rough time surrounding some things in the school scenario, it was overwhelming to you. And you probably don't even remember every time we would go into a soundproof room in the booth and you had to take these tests and it became, you know, we'd have migraines going into it and then there would be stress mm -hmm. coming out of it because each time you would go, your decibel of hearing was getting worse and worse because you had progressive hearing loss. And the longer we did this, the longer we realized, the more we realized that you were likely going to eventually no longer have natural hearing. Mm -hmm. And the goal over the time would be to manage hearing loss and manage the right. ability to participate in society. So after like a kind of crazy time with some equipment being trashed and we had to go get it fixed, hearing aids that would fall apart and you get these glittery things. And I remember the first time you had your glitter, your glitter hearing aid molds that would sit inside your ear and you wanted it to be as fancy and splashy as it could be. And I was th sitting there thinking, how about her owning this in so many ways? You just yeah. so embraced it. And, and meanwhile, as an adult, I thought, if these kids see this, they're just, and you go in and you tell them, you're going to love this you're going to love this. Uh, and you're going to school and the kids receive that going, what is that in your ear? And it's mm -hmm. all flashy. I wanted, and you wanted the pink ear hearing aids and yeah, 
Remember? Yeah, I do. I and do. I was thinking, I never said anything. You know, I just listened because you just wanted to make it, you owned it and you, yeah. you completely owned your hearing loss. And receiver, the first receiver I had was neon pink. The little, the little mold was neon pink. I remember that, but it's true. Like how sad that we have to think what others are going to think. And this is not necessarily just for hearing loss, but in this context, like I was I personally wasn't afraid to express who I was until I got older and I was like oh people actually think I'm weird and don't think I, it's cool like I do you know and I it's it's funny you can see like like you per- would show people your equipment and you'd get so excited and people would think what is wrong with her right yeah they would think <laughs> I was like crazy and it's funny you can see a progression of like the colors of molds that I've had I've actually saved all of them over the years and like you start up with this like neon pink and you end up with this like small clear mold by the time I was done with hearing aids and now I don't get to wear molds anymore unfortunately but I have like slick gray implants like and you can't even see them like they're hidden in your hair they're so yeah Mm -hmm. they're so hidden like there's it's just a little piece behind the ear and it just you know connects up a little bit higher in my head I've known people here for months and some people have no idea that I've hearing hmm. loss. Like it took one guy all semester. He sat next to me in class and he would watch me go up and give my mini mic to my professor. And it never occurred to him the last day of the class. He was like, what's that? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm deaf. He goes, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, like you, you didn't know. He was like, no, I would have no idea. I mean, my voice is normal. I don't have any communication issues. Like sometimes it's harder for me to hear, but like it never occurred to him. I was like, okay, cool. Like that was what I worked for my entire life was so people didn't know. And now at this point where like, I want people to know, like, that's why I have a podcast, yep. you know, that's where I have a platform where I can talk about. And this. that's why it's your gift, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to that story. Where so back that to that from? is we're driving home after this one appointment that was extremely stressful because your equipment broke one day at mm-hmm. school and I had the secretary or somebody who was taking care of something at the school. And I, I said, well, I'm going to have to take her down because she can't not hear. You needed to have the equipment to hear. And it was so incredibly stressful because I had to get the kids picked up. They were at preschool and we needed to get you and I need to get batteries. So, I mean, how many times I had to stop and start and go and pick you up and get your equipment and change your battery, you know, all the, that's what it felt like to me. My bad. (laughs) Right? No, it's not, it was not your bad. It's not your bad. It's just what it was, but it was just constantly, you know, you were trying to figure out how can I sit in this environment and. I was your advocate and your mom. And sometimes the advocate part took over. And then I was the helicopter mom, which was farther. It was, it was yeah. like, that was the, that was absolutely not even the truth. Not at all. No. Not at all. And but that was I the perception. Confused, yes. Yeah. And it confused the two stories where my kid needs to hear and to participate And she still has wings to fly, which is Mm -hmm. why this all worked out the way that it did. So we were coming home and I think I was so exhausted and probably tearfully emotional in the car. And you're in the back of the minivan when I had a minivan that I loved. I forgot it was the minivan. Oh my gosh. That is a hold. (laughs) Right. And at this point we went to this appointment and it wasn't even supposed to be an appointment. And since our, I think actually scheduled appointment was the following week or two, they just said, let's just do it here while you're here. So we did. And they did you and took you into the Paula, your dear Paula. Paula. She took us back in the booth. She was the most amazing audiologist. We love all of our audiologists. We, they watched our family grow up from Isabel being in an infant car seat coming to every appointment. Yeah. To, well, I graduated. In so December. you just went to that appointment with Rebecca not too long ago, right? Or yeah. Your Rebecca, who's now a friend, right? I know. So, I, I graduated. Um, <laughs> so awesome, right? You graduated out. So when we were coming home, I, I don't remember what happened at that moment. I think we might've seen like the first note for this walk that they were having for this building and, you know, to raise m- funds for awareness and audiology department for people who needed extra support and, you know, all the things. And they weren't even sure what they were trying to do with this particular fundraiser. Right. But you were thinking, I want to do this. I want to, Hey, let's do it. And, and the thing was like two weeks away or whatever. I know. And, and as I sat in the car driving, probably cursing the cars going through, no, no, that's not right. I didn't curse. <laughs> that was I, a I bad was, time. I was just stressed out <laughs> <laughs> driving because this ride coming up and down the road that we go was it always at dinner hour and it's extremely, yeah. extremely, you know, 
crushing with traffic and and yeah. I'm trying to get home to the babies at home probably not being fed by whoever was watching them and I remember just having this moment where all I said was Sophia this your hearing loss is going to be your gift and I was like what what where did this come from yeah. and you kind of laughed you're like I think so mom and I know you don't <laughs> remember it because you were like two these are those moments that were not monumental for you but right. they were monumental for me Mm-hmm. because, and then it kept going on. I'm, this is going to be your gift. And I, it was like, somehow God laid that on my heart to say, this is going to be her gift. Mm-hmm. You know, when people walk through these struggles, look at, look at how they do these things in the Olympics and look at how people who overcome anything that is hard and they become this voice for somebody else. And mm-hmm. you have a voice and you wanted to do this event. And we ended up gathering a team of 45 people and made t-shirts. Nobody ever made t-shirts at this event before that. And everyone was like, who's this team Labano? Nobody, nobody made it a competition either, but so did we. <laughs> right. So, so we did. And, and it was the gloomiest day, kind of like it is out here today. And it was yeah. in May, it was May at this time of year, right? Yeah. It was almost exactly this time of year and that we went to that appointment. And then we gathered mm-hmm. the team together and it was like the end of May when the, the first event happened and your, your ENT who I, we had adored. I mean, he loved you because from yeah. day one, you made like the joke from him in the beginning of time. And you were like this eight year old kid. And do you remember? I remember what the joke was. <laughs> tell us the joke. He, he, he was like, crack up with this. what did it say? Like, why can't a nose be 12 inches long? And, and he's like, I don't know. He's I was like, like, what, because, Sophia? Because then it would be a foot. I don't know. And, and he thought that was the most delightful thing that this kid wanted to come in and just. So you two made buddies from day one. Yeah. Him, right? Yeah. Oh, that was great. I mean, to have him be able to do my surgery when I was like his last cochlear implant patient at that hospital was pretty cool. Like it was, it was really, really before he special, him, right? Yeah. Yep. Really special. He he is he's pretty awesome. So we go to this event, raise money. And he comes up to me at the event and says, what's with the t-shirts? What's with this? And then he leads in and he said, so can you help me organize this event next year? <laughs> so Heck yeah. next year, <laughs> here we are next year. And I would bring the two little girls. He's like, no, just, I said, I can't run any event. I got these little kids at home. And then a son who's, you know, you were in second grade and Ian was in yeah. kindergarten. And they would come and he's like, I'll buy them pizza. And then he would have pizza and the two kids would sit there and he would sit there and chit chat with the girls while the event was running. Cause he didn't want to be involved with this competition. <laughs> exactly. <Anyway. laughs> remember, remember he was the Irish Springs team and we would bring the soap yes. and yeah, this whole yep. fun experience. Oh, yeah. right? So we made buddies with them. And then year after year, that second year, we had our 125, maybe had a hundred on that team. And the third year, our track team, which your dad and I coached brought I don't know, close to 200 people. And now at this point, four years in shirts for every team, it was competition. So who was going to have the greatest, this, who was going to have the biggest team, who would have the most donations. It just became a bigger event and a bigger event Mm -hmm. because you at the first year wrote a thing about having hearing aids. Yeah. So you were asked to be like the poster child in that moment because we gathered this team. So it was just, you were showing how you embraced this moment. Mm-hmm. and never ran away from it and each time you would walk into that place the, the crowd of people that worked in the audiology department or the ENT department just loved your spirit about it because you thought I, I love my hearing aids I love this equipment yeah. I got my bag I got it was all cool. this I mean it was cool. Who's, it my was... technology girl got to wear technology exactly that's what I was going to say like I would be able to leave like my little microphone in another classroom and walk out and still hear the conversation in there. Like not for spy purposes or whatever. I mean, although that was pretty cool too, but to just be able to have technology that was, and, and even the even cooler part was to be able to progress with the technology because mm-hmm. now the thing I have is vastly different than the technology was 14 years ago. And even implants, like I can stream Bluetooth music and I don't need a middleman like an AirPod or anything like that. AirPods are built in. Like I got surgery for them. I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) what I was going to laugh and say, when you and I FaceTime, you're, you're answering inside your head. Remember the very first phone call that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's very weird. It was like, sometimes I can actually feel 
when people talk like my implants like if my volume is up all the way like I will actually feel like how people speak and it's it's nuts like that was why my first ever blog before blog on Instagram um was bionic ears and I started posting about all of the things yeah all the things of like hearing loss and equipment and stuff it never went anywhere but I don't know you were like 14 years old or something I was (laughs) yeah I was young but I would post about just like the daily life of using uh phonak and all of Otacon and all those guys and when they like would respond and like my photo I would fangirl I wasn't fangirling over the Kardashians or anybody I was fangirling over my hearing aid companies liking my posts like that was pretty you were oh my gosh (laughs) yes America. Yes. It was so cool. It was so So, cool. And then, so what happens, fast forward another few years into that, when life and insurance companies and things Mm. started to get a little bit crazier, we had insurance changes and daddy's company got changed up and we no longer, by accident, we found out that you were about to come up on your next hearing aid being on its out of warranty, I guess. Right, right. And we found out that they weren't covering hearing aids anymore. Most insurances didn't cover hearing aids. It was just so that your dad's particular hearing insurance at the time did cover them earlier on. And so at that moment, we had this company who wanted you to be their spokesperson for their hearing loss piece of company. It's uh, long story. It doesn't, it's irrelevant, but yeah, we had this company donate money towards our team for the, for the walk that we did. Yeah, and the guy and the president and his daughter flew in from California. We met them and they, you know, we got to take them on tour of the area. They ran in the race and you became this person. And then they helped pay for the extra things when your, when your cochlear implant surgery was coming up. Yeah. Which, you know, then got put off a little bit. It, it all, it just so many things that just turned out to be. That was the press release. Remember the press release? I was going to say, yeah, if you, if you actually Google my name, you can find the press release from a couple of years ago. You can, you can link all that stuff below. I will. The lifetime of Sophia Labano. I mean, it's pretty cool if you just Google it and be like, Hey, Sophia Labano, there's her press release, but just be warned. The picture is because I was 15 years old and I don't look very good, but. Did you have braces then too? Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Crazy blonde hair. Crazy blonde hair. Yeah. Before I was like, had my glow up moment, I guess. I don't know. I'm just (laughs) kidding. But yeah, it was not, it was not pretty, but that was still so cool. And like, that is one of the things that I don't tell people that often like when I first meet them I'm be like hey go read my press release like it just sometimes naturally comes up in conversations people are just like you had a press release written about you it's like yeah I mean it's it's cool whatever like and of course like none of that wouldn't have been possible if, if it weren't for God like that was all Holy Spirit led and the fact that all of the the pieces fell into place the way that they did was not anything that we could have done like it was it was all God right Right. Exactly. You know, and that's, I think at that time in my life thinking, how can, you know, my mom had hearing loss her as well. And mm-hmm. in some ways her, her, I guess I, I would say maybe in a way her dignity and, and pride about it might've been a little bit different than you as a kid. I mean, I have many conversations where she, cause she did not start losing her hearing until, well, at least until we, as far as we know, because <laughs> we never really knew what my mom was going on with her, right? But she, nope. I was probably about 10 when she started losing her hearing because she had a medication, like a pharmaceutical thing that was ototoxic. Yeah. And so that's how she claims that she started losing her hearing. But we had family. There was another <laughs> family member that lost it. You know, yeah. she did she did get diagnosed with MS later. So I don't know if those things were all related and she just wasn't aware in in not taking mm-hmm. care of herself in some ways, even though she was in the medical field herself, she just, I know it's kind of crazy, but for her, her hearing loss was a burden. And maybe there was some gift in me knowing that, that heck no, my kid is not going to go through this. I mean, I was often right. at, as a young kid, her, her ears for her, I would make phone calls and pretend, hi, this is, you know, I can't be at this appointment today. So-and-so. <laughs> and they're like, wait, this is not Janice. This is this is a kid. Well, my mom say, here. <laughs> <laughs> insert know? mom's name here. Yeah. yeah. I I think that my mom was just using that hearing loss so that she never had to, you know, be responsible for her own not calling on moments when she should have been handling things. It's but, like, it's like when you ask your mom to make phone calls for you because you're scared to make a doctor's appointment, she was doing that to you instead. So <laughs> she was role reversal just a bit. Yes, so funny. exactly. 
That's exactly. Great. So I was, con- I was committed to not allowing you to get into the slump of, oh, woe is me. Mm-hmm. Did we have tearful moments? Heck yes. Absolutely. And some of those moments are, okay, let's just sit here and cry together. I know this is really hard. Yeah. And yeah. Right. I mean, that's so 10 years ago though. It's not like I haven't cried about it recently or anything. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you cry about no. <laughs> no. no, I don't think you did. No, just no. about other There's things. too many other things to cry about lately. <laughs> yeah. Not really, but there are. I don't know. But the hearing, the gift a part of it. I mean, we, the other part that about it being the gift, I mean, and you probably remember this, somehow whenever we would go to our appointments on these monthly appointments, sometimes mm-hmm. I'd have migraines and sometimes we couldn't get to those appointments because my migraines would be making me throw up and I'd have to be home. But it was supposed to be about me. But I know, but it was just the stress. I suppose my body was just under a great deal of trauma and stress. Stress. Yeah. <laughs> and a stress. Why would I have stress <laughs> trying to manage all these things? And then when we would go down, it would be around surrounding, yeah. oft, often surrounding like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, yeah. Easter. Usually big events. It yeah. would be almost smack up against why? Because in the middle of Christmas season, why wouldn't we need to go spend four hours at a an audiogram and an ENT appointment. Who doesn't need know. to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Or remember just the day before Christmas Eve, one year when I think we were hosting and I had to run you down because your equipment was falling apart. I don't remember. And we had to send it back. It was just a big deal, right? So you would bring, we would bring some sort of gift for the people mm-hmm. there. And one day you said to me, why are we doing this? And why did we decide that we were doing? Do you remember why we decided to do that? Or you probably didn't, you had no, you didn't really have a decision in the actual knowing why <laughs> no. we were doing it. Uh, so, no, yeah, I don't remember. Because when we would go down, you would get extremely stressed out about having to sit in the booth and be. Mm. Um, Hashtag claustrophobia. It was that, but it was really more that when I could see the stress starting to occur when uh, occur when you were not answering the questions the way you thought, or sometimes you would fake the answers because you were supposed to be approving. I don't know. Like Paula and I are your perfectionist. I think it was just, <laughs> you just wanted to just do the right thing. Right. And yeah. so you sort of thought you heard something, but you weren't sure because with auditory neuropathy, <laughs> it wasn't really about volume, but about sometimes Maybe. hearing static in your head of sorts. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Cause like, you know, if you've ever had a hearing test done at school before, you know that they play those annoying beeps. But my problem, in addition to the neuropathy, was ringing ears. So I would, my brain would love to just play tricks on me and be like, oh, you're hearing this, but it wasn't actually what was going on. And so that just became very frustrating for me because I was like, I would guess, but like, that wasn't actually accurate. As my ears are ringing right now, especially this one. Um, See, the good thing about implants is that it destroys anything that would ring in your ears. So <laughs> I don't have any ringing ears anymore. So. That's okay. I don't really think I need any kind of surgery right now in my life. <laughs> I'll live with, I honestly, not? sometimes when I'm laying in bed and it is very quiet, I'm thinking, thank God for my busy days because it keeps mm-hmm. me awake a little bit, but yeah. it's, not the, I, it's hardly the worst thing I have to deal with. So you would bring these gifts because you wanted to have something to distract, or mm-hmm. we decided it would distract you from the appoint, the appointment itself, mm-hmm. right? It would be more about what you were, what you were going there for. Mm-hmm. What, which, which was to engage in these cool relationships that you built over the years with these people. Yeah, right? ex- exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. Cause like one of the, one of my very, I think my very first audiologist, she, after I had progressed to another one, because I was considering getting implants, I think is that why, or I don't remember why I moved in with audiologists, but long story short, I would still see her and she would always ask me about my spelling test because that for the first very few years of my life with hearing loss, I really wouldn't know the results of like exact decibels or I wouldn't see like the audiogram like you would. And so they would, I never caught on to it until a couple of years later. I was like, why does she ask about my spelling test every week? And like she would go through my words with me. And like, I guess it's also practice for taking spelling tests with hearing loss, which is so stupid. I mean, spell the word, whatever. And I'm like, I can't even hear the word to begin with. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) So anyway, so we would just talk about that, but um, it just, I looked forward to those conversations with her, like 
talking. So those about- conversations were being had when they were giving me all the bad news. Yeah, I'm like, why yeah. are you crying? We're talking about my spelling test, right? <laughs> like it just never occurred to me. And then as I got older and I saw my audiograms and stuff, I was like, dang, like to see the numbers and to like, I'm very much like a data person. Like I have to visualize a lot of things to see like the numbers and like the very low parts of the graph. I was like, well, guess guess we're here. And then eventually as I got older and like after my implants, I was actually looking forward to it touching the very bottom because I was like, I don't have any hearing loss. Like it it didn't matter anymore. So if it touched the bottom, like that was cool. I wanted to be able to say, no, I don't, I have like 5% hearing left. And I just want to say at zero, like at the point it didn't matter to me. So. Yeah. I remember that first time that you came outside of, I sat outside the booth because you were, you were now at the point where you were fine being in the room by yourself. And I would sit on the other side of the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was dark so that you couldn't see our faces to get any cues from yeah. any responses. I would ch- cheat and like lip read and stuff. So you, you were trying Oops. to, but they would cover their mouths so that you couldn't, but, <laughs> but we walked out and I think the audiologist had to step out for a minute. And, and I said, I think Sophia wants to see what's happening on the screen. And you came out all curious and <laughs> she said, well, this is where you're supposed to be is a normal, natural hearing. Mm-hmm. Here's what conversational hearing is. Here's where this is. Here's mild loss. Here's profound loss here's deafness and and you said i'm 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 where and we walked out of that appointment and i remember you just being devastated because mm-hmm. it was that it was like you said the visual understanding of what you already were living with and i also remember yeah. on the positive side the day that we got your first hearing aid hearing aid after we got that fm so that was like May. So it was like right after your com- your communion, right? You were in mm-hmm. second grade. And we walked out with that very first hearing aid. And oh, yeah. you, you kept like, you kind of ducked. And then you looked around and there's a swing set in front of the, the hospital where we were and you stopped. And I'm, I'm like giggling the whole time because your body was really responding to sound at a, at a volume that mm-hmm. most of us hear. And the first thing was a bird flew by you. And the, wings. and the wings, you heard that, that flapping yeah. of the wing, right? Then that, eh, 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 which was the swing, right? Yeah. Like, how many times have we walked past that swing in all those years and in all those months and here you are. And then we get into the car and we're driving that same horrific drive home again, but this was <laughs> sort of hilarious. Two yeah. hilarious points about it. It was I a very know. trafficking <laughs> moment. <laughs> and I would wear the FM so you could have the hearing aid in the back and listen to me so that I, but, but I probably said some things that were like the dang traffic. Right. But sure. we were watching Shrek in the car and you loved the movie Shrek at the time. You were obsessed with Shrek and there was a song in the background and you go, wait, mom, what's that noise? And I told you it was the music. And you said, there's music in the back of this movie. And, and of course, you know, those are moments where you get teary eyed thinking, holy yeah. moly, you're hearing something even deeper, like the, the layers of sound. And after that point, you started going up in your room and listening to every TV show that you could and every <laughs> song and then realizing yeah. you've been singing the wrong words to songs. And oh yeah. <laughs> but then again, um, we're all guilty of that anyway. So oh, true. Very true. Yeah. And like, so that was hearing aids. But then when I got my implants, like it was almost even worse to like have to retrain my brain to hear all of these things or not even just retrain, but to, to hear them for the first time. I remember some of the some few, few sounds, the coffee pot, percolating Mm -hmm. and just like the bubbles and like the dripping and everything and now in the office that I work on campus we have coffee it goes off every every afternoon at like one o'clock or something and I'm just like it's percolating again like (laughs) it must be one and you Um, said that's the sound of you always makes you so happy mom when you know yeah yeah, ready to go smell it but I would never know that it was like what it was doing the second thing was clock ticking when I would have the analog clock that would click and take in your bedroom you had that clock in your room for actually years before I got my implants and I was just sitting there one day doing my homework or something I was like what's that like you you texted me because you were upstairs and I was downstairs and you said I hear this tapping sound wait does the clock make a ticking sound that's exactly what you texted and then I would watch it I'd be like I would time 
the sound to the sound that I was hearing and the sound that I was watching. And I was like, it's the clock. And then the longer I sat there, I was like, this is really freaking annoying. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to get rid of that clock um, and put it in the kitchen or whatever. Um, And then the other thing was when you first showered, because you never showered with your hearing aids on. Yes, exactly. And like showering with them, you can shower with implants when you have like a little wetsuit that you, they can they can wear. You put on and it's it, it covers your um, implant and you can swim and you can with what I was saying earlier is like going to pool parties. Like now I can do that because I have wetsuits and I can go into the ocean and I can listen when there's water around and have water balloon fights and whatever. But listening to the shower when like the shower's loud and like the bottles dropping to me like were bombs like they were so loud mm-hmm. had no idea now I still shower without my implants because it's like peaceful to not and I was like well if the fire alarm goes off that's okay somebody will find me so not a big deal but right I'll, I'll see the flashing alarm so all the accommodations but as long as the accommodations are there which yeah. are not the case in your first college experience but nope. we won't go there. No, <laughs> no. That's why I have a whole podcast episode on it. Yes. It's episode number three, when life doesn't go as planned. That one was good. That was really a good, good one too. That was good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Do you have anything else that you want to share about your hearing loss experience? It's really nice to have like a perspective of both of us because there's, there's gaps of the story that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously experiences that you didn't have because I was the one wearing them and living with it but it's really cool to have a perspective we always talked about having some sort of like mother-daughter I don't know story about hearing loss but right um, well I was going to say when I first started writing I actually came away from that one hearing hearing this to me one writing conference that I had um, traveled to North Carolina to try to figure out where I was going to go with my writing and Mm -hmm. My mind was, I am writing about hearing loss. I'm writing about Sophia's journey. And I have a couple of friends who still laugh at this point where went to that weekend long, you know, event and was convinced on the airplane, right. You know, as I'm coming home, that this is what I was going to write about. was writing the whole time for two hours on the way home, whatever it was, this is what it is. It's going to be that. And then I come in the house thinking in my mind that now I'm moving in that direction. And you came up to me after, you know, me being away for the weekend, which is probably the first time in a long time away from all of you guys like that. And you said, mom, I wrote this story about having hearing loss. (laughs) And I laughed and I thought, I sat down and I read it and I thought, this is not my story. This is your story. I have parts of the story that I can shed light on for you, but the perspective that you shared in that, that writing was not the same, and I'll just use this word, but the not the same suffering, agony, the- Yeah, uh, it's not the, the same hardship. testimony. Yeah. What, what, it's not Test- the same. Yeah. It, I come from a place of I'm, your, I'm the mother trying to navigate getting you the, the, the accommodations you needed, mm-hmm. giving you a voice, giving you the ability to find your voice for that, to speak up on your own behalf as your own, as your own advocate, which so many times you did. I could- share letters and emails that you said, even in high school, when you had a struggle with, you know, your first high school situation and and a particular person in the school came back and said, you know, you did this. And I said, no, I never did any of that. If you go back to your original email, you'll look and see how you were actually communicating with Sophia, never with me. Mm-hmm. And you were always an advocate for yourself. And yeah, that actually even goes back to that particular year when I was asked to speak as a parent on this panel when they were having audiologist school, ENT. So a lot of different people coming to this, in, you know, in event at the hospital and they were having people who had infants all the way up to, you know, your age, which was 14 or 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to speak because I thought this will be great. You know, this will be a great way. You know, it was probably just a year before I went on that retreat for writing. So if my mind was, okay, now my kids are all in really good spots. They're all settled where they need to be. And then, you know, two months later you had your implant surgery. So nothing was settled. No, I can't say that ever in my life ever again. Nope. Everything's settled. Don't change Um, it. But I, I thought, okay, now I'm going to figure out where my writing world is going to be. And I can use this platform to speak and then maybe be 
a person that can help advocate with other families and moms and kids and parents. And cause I was a teacher and, and also have this, you know, these two sides of the story that I can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me like the gift of hearing loss and said, Oh no, this is not my story. Sophia should be speaking. And what an amazing event that ended up being because there were moms with so infants, cool. they're young, they were, and then they moved all the way up. And here is this 14 or 15 year old kid, which is you mm-hmm. who spoke in front of doctors and teachers and principals and ENTs and audiologists and da, 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 da. And, and I, what I found going away from it actually will tie back to a conversation I had with somebody on Instagram in the last few days, they came up and said, you give us hope. Mm-hmm. Right. And I got a similar message the other day with somebody I did not know that their child had hearing loss. And she was sharing with me that when she listened to something that, you know, we must've talked about in the last podcast or one previously that she can now see that her child is the same age you were when you started losing your hearing. Her child mm-hmm. was born without hearing mm-hmm. and you can't see the future. There were moments where I couldn't see the future either. Like, but you can't, you got to just live it as mm-hmm. it comes, right? Instead of Absolutely. overthinking it, right? Because technology, just like yeah. cancer, our cancer journey, right? technology and medicine, things just continually evolve that, you know, people constantly say to us, what's your dad's, what's your husband's diagnosis or prognosis? No doctor has ever, ever, ever given us any deadline, timeline, no prognosis number, anything ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And I, if they start to please take it somewhere else Peace because, out. you know, one of my quotes is God is the only one that orders our days. Sorry. Right? You, you yeah. just, we have yeah. no idea. And tech, and even with you and your implant, when we were, when we were first considering it, which was four years prior to getting it, my take was timing is going to be everything. And if this technology is not up to par, then mm-hmm. we're not doing it. And ironically, the, the type of implant that we were being quote unquote sold on ended up being recalled. And I was thinking, nope, I'm not doing this yet. And kids no. who had it implanted that particular season all had to have it unimplanted. And I yeah. was just so grateful. And now look at the Apple technology that's involved in it. And that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Like four, four years ago, five years ago, actually, when I first got them, I didn't have any of this technology. Like it was still the older version and everything. And now like what I was telling you earlier, is like thinking that far into the future, how am I going to have a kid or a baby? And what am I going to do when my baby wakes up? Apple comes out with something called sound recognition, where it detects when there's a sound like a baby crying or um, a dog barking. And it's or the smoke greatest- detector that or you the get smoke- the next morning when you wake up. <laughs> yeah pretty much but it's been incredible like I can if I'm in the shower and the fire alarm goes off I have my phone set to flash and like it'll tell me when the fire alarm goes off so I it's just the thinking into the future is like it's it's almost inevitable because we are always we're those just that type of people like that's how God created us is just to be moving and continuously working towards an end goal but but trusting moment. is a really important part of it. Exactly. Like I was just trying to figure out how to t- tie that together. But at the same time, like there will be an answer for everything inevitably somewhere along the line. And um, even if I still don't know how I'm going to manage it all with having kids and getting married and everything, things are still evolving right now. And I'm really excited to see where technology goes. Technology makes me so happy. And the fact that like I'm part bionic, as people tell me, it kind of makes me happy. So you know <laughs> it's amazing. kind of moving thank you it's kind of wait motivating. who whose feast day is today too oh the irony of today do you know whose feast day is? yes i do, <laughs> oh, I do. Isab- why am i asking saint <laughs> isidore of seville is it's the patron of technology what the heck that's so cool i didn't even put that together until just now I am the seer of all things. Guys, no, I'm just God is perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, that leads us to our scene chase. Well, before you do, I do want to just oh. bring one thing up because it's so important because of technology or, or dating and dates and timing. So we came back to your date of activation and I oh, wrote a yeah. blog post on this. So your date of activation for your very first implant was January 4th. Yep. Remember. Okay. So you were born in December. You had the implant. They wanted to do it on your birthday. And I said, heck no, not doing it on your birthday. Nobody <laughs> needs to have surgery on their birthday. Nope. So we just, did, we did it like a week or so before mm-hmm. and it was great. And 
you were activated on January 4th. January Mm -hmm. 4th is the date that you were due to arrive, but you came two weeks early. So, and what is the other part of January 4th and who's the... Oh, yeah. So there's a whole scene thing. Well, December 16th, actually. Oh, it's December 16th is the date you had your surgery. Yeah. And that's that's your saint that you chose for confirmation. Right, right. So two, four years prior to me actually getting my first surgery, I chose my confirmation saint, Saint Adelaide of Italy, really just was attracted to her name and just her patronage and everything. Didn't even occur to me until actually two years after my first surgery, when I was in high school and I was looking and I was like, December 16th, like God knew the entire time that that was going to be the date that my life changed with getting hearing for the first time and helped me choose this patron saint that reflected that. So dates mean a lot to us in our family. And it's been so like, everything has just been so perfect when I look back, not in the moment often, but when you look back sometimes, like things just line up so perfectly. I um, agree. So and fun. I think there is somebody who, is it a uh, St. Elizabeth of Elizabeth? St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Yeah. Right. January 4th. And, and so you were homeschooled and she's like the saint of homeschooling and education. Yeah. And I mean, they're all, we can, just, we can just go on and on and on looking at all of these things. Honestly. Only we could create a tapestry of all the lines of life, the way that things roll. If only we could so, have a podcast to talk about all of this on. Oh, wait. Okay. So wait, <laughs> people probably don't want to hear us talking anymore. We've chatted far too long. I'm going to ask you really quick. Who is your saint for the week? St. Paul. And I, I'm confident this week, guys, that I know who my saint is. I know last week it was just a mess. Saint well, Paul. every week it's been that way for you, but yeah. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> fine. Sass. St. Paul. Yeah, his the readings from the gospel yesterday. He said something that is also my uh, Bible verse for the week. It is, I'm going back in my Every Secret Sunday journal, by the way. It says, for his sake, I have accepted the loss of all things, and I consider them so much rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And it just goes on, and it's a run-on sentence. And that's from Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. So, I love that. And through loss. Through loss, exactly. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> and I'm going to remind you, last week, your saint was St. Isidore, in case you didn't know. Did I say that last week? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) And so last week, my saint was Mary. The week Mm -hmm. before was my Mary, our queen of all saints, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but different titles of hers. So it's not the same thing. Well, I think she keeps just showing up and there's a lot of things going on. And I am really not in the, it would take us a whole other podcast to go through the reason why Mary continually is knocking on my door. But I'm reading the book that, and I don't really have a quote, but I'm reading the book that, um, at Dr. Shree, Ed, Ted Shree wrote mm-hmm. about walking with Mary and keeps coming back to whatever God wants. So mm-hmm. I think Mary wants to tell me that. And in addition to that, every time I open a book, trying to write and looking up quotes and reflecting on whatever I'm doing with what writing and books that I have, you know, multiple books that I read at a time, mm-hmm. four different books this week, the um, consecration of Mary, the sacred heart, pops out of every one of these books in different pages. That's so crazy. clearly she wants me to consecrate to her immaculate heart. Immaculate. Yes. Yeah. I know. Kind of funny, right? That's so um, cool. I know. And then the the quote of this week really is I thirst. Father Mike Schmitz was doing his homily yesterday and that constantly, constantly for the last few months has been coming up in different ways. And I think I might have to reflect on that and see what God's got going on with that. <laughs> blog post. <laughs> yes. Well, there's definitely a blog post. There's a blog post coming up about this writing and hearing loss and cancer journey and kind of started writing about it in the uh, last blog post on our good. beach trip. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Wow. This is crazy. I mean, just to recap, it's definitely nostalgic and memory inducing, I guess. Um, reminding myself of all of the things that brought me here, but it's pretty cool. Watch it to your <laughs> gift of hearing loss, right? Yeah. Bam. Podcast so we over. will share <laughs> in the notes, in the show notes, all of the blog posts that we've written, the mm-hmm. the, the podcast that you've shared. Yeah. Um, all of the activation videos and everything. Oh, yes. Your activation video is phenomenal. If you want to go on a loophole of it, just stalk our Instagrams and you'll find something. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and and if you're listening to this podcast and you feel that you uh, know somebody who might be also interested in listening to this or gain some benefit from it and the multiple topics that we share about, <laughs> please share this out. 
subscribe to us. Like, um, leave a like, rating, review. <laughs> review. And this is not my favorite place to speak. Speak. I don't like to ask people for things like that. It's not comfortable. It's not about... Yeah. It's not about that. We do this because we absolutely love it. But we appreciate you tuning in and listening every single week. This and is the a beautiful reviews that we already are getting. I love it. And the sponsors, yes. the amazing sponsors. Yes. 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 And don't forget, if you want to ever check out the sponsors that we have, you can go back to previous episodes or you can go to our link trees on our Instagram pages for discount codes there. We have more sponsors coming up in the next few weeks. So be sure to check out those episodes. But thank you. I am very excited our, about our upcoming guest coming on in the next two weeks. So yes. we, are, we got some great stuff happening. And, you know, the last two weeks of Lent here, Palm mm-hmm. Sunday is coming upon us. And yes. Yes. Then Easter before we know it. I know. It's so crazy. But yeah, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Um, I'm at Sophia Leno and yours is Hustle and Laughter blog. That's where we spend time on the daily and connecting with you also. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a great night. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Bye.